Create, innovate, collaborate. Communicating your idea has never been easier. With innovations in video streaming, editing, and social media, it's never been cheaper to put a message online. However, while the cost of marketing has come down, the noise that you have to compete against has risen exponentially. All you have to do is go onto Facebook or LinkedIn, and you are immediately confronted with more content than you could possibly digest. This then raises an important question for any business leader. How do I get my message above the noise? And what isn't the audience ultimately looking for in the three seconds that I have to make that first impression and grab their attention? Welcome to Beyond Ideas. I'm your host and virtual entrepreneur in residence, Brad Twynham, and with me today is the most influential speaking and communications coach in the Southern Hemisphere. He started his professional speaking career after nearly losing his life in a car accident and then built a multi-million dollar professional speaking practice, sharing the stage around the world with the likes of President Obama and other business leaders and writing a best-selling book, Bounce Forward. Not content with being a solopreneur, he then started Speakers Institute, a business focused on teaching the world to tell their story in a compelling and impactful way. Since founding Speakers Institute, he's written a second bestseller, Story Showing, and has grown Speakers Institute to be one of the biggest professional development companies in Asia-Pacific, now operating in Australia, Singapore, and India, and soon to be expanding to Europe. Please welcome to the show professional speaker, best-selling author, and founder and CEO of Speakers Institute, Sam Cawthorn. Sam, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me, Brad. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> you're welcome. <Appreciate> you're welcome. It. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on the show, Sam, and, and we could probably do a whole show just on your personal journey. Mm. But I want to focus more on your journey as an entrepreneur because I believe it is a, such a compelling story. Yep. But for our listeners who don't know Sam Cawthorn, can you tell us how you arrived at the point where you founded Speakers Institute? Yeah, great. So, so look, I'm, I'm actually a country farm kid from down there in Tasmania. So I'm actually quite uneducated in the traditional sense. So I never sat an exam before in my entire life. Uh, I never went to university to study or anything like that. But I always knew deep down within that there was something significant on my life. And so here I am uh, in this uh, great job, yet I actually then uh, had this car accident. Obviously, uh, now live with a permanent disability, only one arm and one good leg. And it was really interesting. Uh, It was very organic how I then uh, became a professional keynote speaker. Uh, There was a local youth group asked me to share my story and then a school, and then another school, and then before you know it, here I am doing around 10 schools every single week, just sharing my inspiring story. And I realized, you know, human beings, we're so inspired through stories. And I believe that if I could really master this whole area of storytelling, I could actually create a career from my car accident, which is so ironic. And so I then, you know, went out and got some training and I became a professional speaker. Uh, and uh, th- this industry, I didn't know anything at all about it. I'm thinking, whoa, man, I'm, I'm getting paid two, three thousand $3,000 just to share my story on a stage for an hour. 
Uh, and this was back when I first started. You know, nowadays I can command up to twenty-five thousand uh, dollars for a one-hour keynote presentation on a on a global stage. So it'll give you an idea of a really unique industry where I get to actually inspire people through my story. And so how we then launched the Speakers Institute, actually, to be quite honest, my wife, she was one of the major instigators. And she said to me, Sam, enough is enough. Because um, I just recently did my largest ever month, which was 56 flights in one month. Wow. (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) Absolutely. And the thing about it is it wasn't just domestic. This is international as well. And so that's that was the lifestyle of, of a professional speaker. You go into a city, you're there for about four or five hours, you just speak, you get back into the car, back to the airport, and then you fly to the next city. And, you know, we had three kids and you just can't maintain that type of, um, you know, I suppose energy and focus and also time away from the family. Was, was it a hard decision to make, Sam? I mean, here you were as a solopreneur mm. making in excess of a million dollars a year, mm. right, all, all coming to you, you know, the, your own personal wealth, your own personal income. Yeah. And you turn around and say, well, you know, there's more to life than this. My family's more important. My wife's telling me my family's more important. Can you take us through that decision where you know, you just had to look at everything and go, this is no longer my path. Mm. Yeah, look, for sure. Look, it's, uh, I think also there was something deep down within that said that there is more. You know, I ticked off now all my, you know, my big bucket list items, such as traveling the world for free, business class, you know, speaking on the big stages of the world, meeting some big influential people. Well, President Obama is pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Michael Jordan, you know, Dalai Lama, Richard Branson. Uh, But I, I always knew, though, that there are other people out there that have also got stories. And I realized that you know, look, it's great for me just to simply share my story, but I know that there are other people out there that don't have the tools and really the training on how they can share their story powerfully. And I know that I can make more of a difference if I can inspire and empower the next generation of speakers, of storytellers, etc. And so it was very organic, both from a place of, I don't want to travel as much now, I want to be with my family, together with, I, I can make more of a difference in the world by empowering the next generation of speakers. Let's marry both of those together and let's see how I can help other people. So, yeah, look, it, it certainly was a, a, it was a very both lucrative and a, uh, a moment of freedom. But in all reality, even though it sounds great, if I don't speak, I don't get paid, number one. Um, which then means that I have to, I have to get paid. You know, this is our, this is our bread and butter. This is our income, which then means that I'm going to miss my kids' birthdays or a soccer match with my son, uh, because, you know, I have to speak. And on top of that, wherever I was speaking, they told me what I can speak on, what I can't speak on, when I can speak, how long I can speak for. And in all reality, that audience wasn't mine. That audience, I was borrowing that audience, which means, you know, I I was told what I can speak, how long I can speak for. So I'm only borrowing that audience for a very short period of time. So I can't build a big database. I can't build a big back end. I can't sell from stage. There's no residual. You know, again, if I don't speak, I don't get paid. So, so there were so many things that were weighing up the reason why I had to pivot, the reason why I had to transition. Uh, but ultimately, at my core, I knew that I wanted to make more of a difference in the world, and I couldn't just do it by myself on stages. 
that's amazing. There's one thing, and you just said it, that encapsulates my experience of you as a business person. It is the master of the pivot, <laughs> right? I mean, you go from having a great job as a futuristic advisor to the federal government, you lose everything, you pivot. You move in this direction, make a million dollars. You decide, I need to pivot now because it's having a detriment to my family. Mm. I mean, that's what business is about. That's what innovation is mm. about. And, and you clearly encapsulate that. Can you take us through the evolution of Speakers Institute? You, you, you mentioned just previously that you started Speakers Institute to bring through professional speakers. Mm. But the world's evolved since you started <laughs> Speakers Institute. And, and one thing that really impresses me about what I know about Speakers Institute is you've evolved with the world and the innovations that are coming through, particularly in terms of, you know, the saturation of content that's available now due to social media and, and streaming services and the rest of it. So can you take us through where Speakers Institute started and where it is now and, and how you evolved through that process? Mm. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. We uh, initially, so we launched Speakers Institute at Google headquarters. So Google was one of my clients and they said, hey, Sam, can you come and do a presentation for all of our managers' leaders on teaching them how to present? And I said, yeah, absolutely, I could do that. However, would you guys mind hiring the larger auditorium and I can bring in some of the public? And they said, yeah, no problems at all. So they had about 100 people there. Um, they, they hired out their 300-seat auditorium. And so I then just put a couple of posts on social media saying, hey, I'm running this event. Come along to Google headquarters. Come and learn. We end up having 350 people there. Wow. <laughs> so we had to knock people back, standing room only, et cetera. So it was very obvious that there was a, that there was a real craving in the marketplace for quality um, speaker training. And so initially, yes, I will very focus on just keynote speaking. Um, who are those people that just simply want to learn the craft of keynote speaking and then the business and the commercial side of speaking as well? But yeah, as, as you were saying, um, that pivot and also just being really agile, we now wanted to scale this because ultimately not everyone wants to be a professional speaker. However, everyone wants to be an influencer. And so that was the actual key element here. You know, the, the world of influence now, I believe most business owners, uh, most thought leaders, most experts, authors, uh, and really anyone out there, you want to be an influencer in your space, whether it's a micro-influencer within your community or whether it's an influencer within your industry sector or even if it's a, a national or global in influencer, you want to make a difference, you want to get recognized, you want to get paid, you want to get value, you want to get value from the contribution the difference that you're making. So we then needed to then pivot from just helping people to be professional speakers to then help them to be influencers in the marketplace. And as we know, the, the greatest influencers on the planet need to learn the number one skill set in the world. And the number one skill set in the world, all research uh, will, tell, will, will tell us that the number one skill set on the planet is communication. And if you really want to dive deeper into that, it's more presentation. You know, KPMG just recently uh, brought out a press release that said that, that if you have presentation skills on your resume, you will get paid more. And so now that's what we're seeing. Anyone at all that can speak one-to-many, not just one-to-one, -one, but more one-to-many, anyone at all that can hold the space on stage, that can present well and influence others, you can make more money, you can make more of a difference in the world, and ultimately be that recognized influencer in the marketplace. How much is video changing 
the style of communication that we need to be successful? Yeah, great question. Um, What we saw around seven years ago was a real shift when it does come to influence. So as we all know, a real key ingredient to influence is story. You know, and um, if you look at the Super Bowl, and if you look at the ads on TV in the middle of that Super Bowl, which are the most expensive ads in the world, for the last three years in a row, every single Super Bowl ad was a story. So we understand the power of story. So around seven years ago, what we saw in the marketplace was everyone was starting to talk about visual storytelling. You know, let's now put more images up, let's put more video content to it, and obviously, as we all know... um, uh, if you, that's the very first thing that we click on websites, isn't it? As soon as we go into a site, as soon as we go into anything, we click on the video, not the written, we click on the video. So the, the visuals, uh, is absolutely imperative. However, uh, one, one concept that I'm now bringing into the forefront over the last 12 months is this whole area of not just telling a story, but how can we show how the story is relevant to the listener? Because ultimately, telling is head-to-head, showing is heart-to-heart. And if you want to evoke emotion into the listener, and by the way, I believe every single person that's listening to this podcast right now, I believe that you need to be in the business of emotion. Because ultimately, you can inform your customers, your clients, you can try and connect with them, you can preach to them, but ultimately, if their gut isn't connected, they're not going to take out their wallet. So when we are in the business of emotion, we can actually then influence anyone at all. And ultimately, in order for you to evoke emotion into the listener, you need to show how that story is relevant to the listener. So my latest book is called Story Showing, How to Stand Out from the Storytellers. And I want to talk about story showing in just a moment because I do believe its content is so important as a business leader. But before we do that, one of the things that I believe separates your message and your way of training speakers or storytellers or story showers, as you just articulated, from many others is two things. Firstly, your attention at Speakers Institute to developing authenticity in communication. And secondly, your focus at Speakers Institute on becoming a key person of influence. Now, both of these things I would consider to be critical in communicating any idea, but yet for the most part are skills that aren't taught. And even if they are are taught really badly, can you take us through how you landed on those two components of speaking as being so important in developing the ability to being a good story shower and evolving this concept of story showing? Mm, Yeah, great question. You know, here in Australia, we have a thing which is called the tall poppy syndrome, which basically means that that we don't really want to um, see people build themselves up to say how awesome or how successful they are. And so it really did derive initially from that. However, one thing about most people now more than any other time in history is most people have big bullshitter meters. <laughs> Absolutely, particularly <laughs> and, in Australia. <laughs> and basically what that concept is, is that we can spot a fraud a mile away. We can tell when someone's pulling our legs or when someone's to try is pulling the wool over our eyes. And so what we now want from our influencers, from our speakers, from our leaders, we want vulnerability. We want that authenticity. You know, the word vulnerability comes from the Latin word, vulnerabilis, which means an open wound. 
And I absolutely love that because no one has ever really ever got it all together. And so when we see these leaders or these speakers to say, hey, look at me, I'm successful. I'm I'm only ever been successful. Follow me. We think, nah, this guy here is a fraud. But when we see those leaders and those speakers and those influencers that say, hey, look, guys, I've failed. I've failed time and time again, but I've learned how to navigate that failure. Let me share with you. We're We're leaning into those type of people more and more and more. So the greatest leaders in the world are not those leaders that look like they've got it all together. It's those leaders who actually open a wound and show the scars and say, hey, look, this is who I am. Uh, yes, I've actually had, uh, I've got some scars, but you know something, I've learned how to navigate successfully in my life. Let me share with you. So it certainly is where where we are heading right now. So that authenticity, that vulnerability is going to be absolute key for you to get people to lean in and for you to obviously influence them as well. I love the book, Sam. Uh, you know, for a book about speaking, it's gripping from mm-hmm. end to end. Thank you. And, and there's some really great IP in that, which I'll touch on, but I, I don't really want to get into in this interview. I think if people want to really get into the details of how to be a good story show, they should go buy the book. <laughs> Thank you. But one of the opening quotes in the book is from Plato, and it says, those who tell the stories rule society. <laughs> and it's so true as we look through history. On In your opinion, and, and being immersed in this whole you know, speaking culture and seeing so many people come into your training classrooms. Have we lost the art of storytelling or is it just becoming more critical as our ability to get stories out becomes easier? Yeah, look, great. Uh, And a really good question. I actually think, look at the concept of what we're seeing with TED at the moment. So TED have recently uh, said that um, it's no longer an 18-minute talk. It's now going to be a 12-minute talk. I recently had a conversation with one of my friends, and he's the TEDx curator of TEDx Gateway, the largest TEDx event on the planet there in Mumbai. And he said that they only let their speakers speak for six minutes. Wow. So if we look at my industry, um, 12 years ago, the average for a keynote was 90 minutes. Eight, eight years ago, went down to six minutes. Six years ago, went down to about 45 minutes. I just was recently asked to do a 15-minute keynote wow. over the other side of the world. If you look at blogs, 10 years ago, the average size blog was 2,200 words. Eight years ago, went down to about 800 words. You know, two years ago, I was down to about four, three, 400 words. Now it's 150 words. There was a reason why Twitter was created. So what we're now seeing is a generation where we have the shortest amount of attention spans ever. You know, you, you mentioned in the in the opening, you know, three to four seconds. Yeah. Um, so that that short, sharp, precise, straight to the point sound bites, um, the media call it. So so you know, edible chunks. If you're not communicating your intellectual property, your IP, your ideas, or even in conversations in short, sharp, soundbite chunks of information, you're losing the game. We we do not have the attention span now to uh, to focus for a long period of time in order for us to catch the essence of what you're saying. So if what you're saying isn't easily catchable, you're going to lose the game in tomorrow's world. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is Ted killing the professional speaking market or is it as vibrant as ever in terms of being a paid professional speaker? Yeah, yeah so in, in my opinion, I, th- I believe it's actually even contributed a lot to it. 
Um, and I actually also think it's a good thing. Ted is great from a soundbite point of view, so very short, sharp, precise, directly straight to the point, but also it's raising the standards as well. So what we're now seeing uh, are speakers that want to now speak like uh, like a TED speaker, particularly some of the real famous TED's, TED Talks, as we all know. And so there is a real craving at the moment for people that want to do a TED Talk because TED, bottom line is this, that they don't get paid. However, now there's also a craving of how can we learn the commercial side of um, of personal development? How can I get paid? Whether it's a thought leader, so you go more from one to one to one to many, or whether you are an expert or even an authority in the marketplace where you get paid to do keynote presentations or workshops. So what we're seeing right now is a huge um, groundswell of people that are crying out for outstanding communicators that'll keep people's engagement for a long period of time. Fantastic. The other quote in the book, and I believe it's your quote, is this, my scars show a story. They are the markings of when my character was forged and where the structure of story begins. (laughs) This quote stopped me in my tracks when I read it, and it did for several reasons. Firstly, it's just a highly emotive statement. You know, it really gets to the heart. But secondly, if we look at that and what's happening in the world today, there is a shift which is largely coming about as a result of millennials entering the workforce. And that shift being away from having authority just because you have letters after your name and an important position and an embracing of the rawness of human beings (laughs) and believability coming from, as you've said earlier, having that Band-Aid ripped off and exposing it to the world. I'd be keen to get your view on just how important being able to authentically communicate who you are in the world and why you are in the world is in today's business landscape. <laughs> I, I, I am enjoying your questions, Bradley. The, uh, they certainly do uh, evoke uh, a lot of things into the listener. Look, my um, uh, th- there's a word out there which is called kiros. So kiros is the Greek word for time. So contrasting to chronos or chronological time, you know, meaning ordinary or normal time, kiros time is laden with meaning and choice. So get this, the dictionary of the uh, dictionary meaning of the word kiros is this, is a moment within a moment, a particular moment in where drastic change takes place. Now, the reason why I say this is because when we do open that wound, when we are authentic and really vulnerable, particularly when we are sharing our scars or when we're sharing these experiences or these life experiences, it is phenomenal the difference that this can make into the listener. And I believe we all have this Kiros moment and it's part of your hero's journey because everyone has a hero within you, every single person. And, and, and what we do, right, we compare our stories to other people's stories. Now, there's a few things on this. Number one, don't compare your story to other people's stories because it's not about the content of your story. It's the methodology, how well you share that story. That's number one. Number two, your story is your number one trump card, which means this, whatever area of expertise that you have, whatever skill set that you've got, I can find better area of expertise and better skill set online right now for free. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, your, so your greatest trump card isn't your area of expertise. It's not your skill set. It's your story. No one on the planet has your story. And when we learn how to share that story in a really powerful way, 
We can make more of a difference in the world. So that's number two. Number three is stop hiding. And what I mean by that is that I believe our number one piece of real estate is ourname.com. Now, I don't even care if you're an entrepreneur and you don't even want, and you don't want to be a professional speaker, whatever. People follow people. Simon Sinek put it beautifully. It goes, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So people follow people. Buy your name URL. So I'm not talking about your company name.com. I'm talking about your personal name, samcawthon.com. And because that is your number one piece of real estate. And on top of that, your face, your actual beautiful, good-looking face (laughs) is your number one visual marketing piece. It's not your logo. It's your face. You know, um, I've got a friend friend of mine that works at um, LinkedIn, and he said that up to 70% 70 of people will not do business with you if your LinkedIn profile picture is unprofessional. People follow people. People buy people. We know this. But but the more that you can get your face out there, the more that you can start getting recognized, because um, we saw, and, and I'm just going to finish with this part, um, we saw the greatest shift, I believe, in the uh, that's ever happened in humanity five years ago. The greatest shift ever was that five years ago, get this ready, the five years ago, the 100 most followed things online became human beings. Wow. So so before that, we were following company brands, logos, items, products. Nowadays, we are following humans. You know what it is now? It is the thousand most followed things online are human beings. Now, what this means is this, is that there is a freight train that's coming through right now. And if you're not positioning you yourself, your name in your own individual marketing marketplace today, that person of influence in your marketplace, if you're not positioning yourself today, you're going to miss out on this freight train and it's going to be nearly impossible for you to then position yourself in the future. I did not know that, Sam, and that's just mind-blowing what you just said. But one of the things that I'm deeply passionate about myself is developing this concept as entrepreneurship as a profession, right? We often see entrepreneurship as something you do, right? But if you look at the importance of entrepreneurship in society moving forward as disruption and innovation becomes more commonplace and and change happens faster, it's a career choice and it's a valid career choice. And what you just said, what I interpreted you just said, is that who you are as a person, who you are in the world, is more important because as an entrepreneur and a career entrepreneur, you might found four or five businesses but people ultimately want to understand you mm. because that's what they get. They might not necessarily get the business, but they'll get you. And that's so powerful. Yeah, look, look. even if you look at salespeople as well, I'm going to like someone before I buy their, buy their product. I don't really care what their product is, but if I like them and if I trust them, I will take out my wallet. So people follow people. Mm. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And the more that we can start positioning ourselves in the marketplace as a profile, then we're going to lean into who you are and what you have to say. You break down the elements of story showing in the book really well, and you use some IP you've developed called the Authority Communication Framework and the Toggle. And we don't have time to get into that today, but we could probably do a whole show just on that. Uh Um, There's one other aspect of the book I'd like to cover. And that's the evolution to becoming an outstanding story shower. And there's a part in the book that summarized says the following. 
an average storyteller will inform. A good storyteller will persuade. A great storyteller will inspire. An excellent story shower will transform and an outstanding story shower will help you transcend. This to me is really the crux of not only the book, but the purpose of Speakers Institute. (laughs) And today, more than ever, businesses need to transcend the noise more than anything else to gain relevance and to grab their customers' attention. As a business leader, why should I be investing in learning to not only tell my story, as the majority of communication companies are currently out there saying you should, but to show your story? And how long does it take to start mastering those skills? Yeah, great. Um, You know, the reality is that when it does come to story, that is the time when everyone sits up on their chair. That's when everyone's leaning into what you have to say. However, we don't really care about your story at all unless it's made relevant. So that's a really poignant phrase there. We don't care about your story unless it's made relevant. So there's a whole heap of elements here on how to make your story relevant. But the bottom line is this. The greatest way to master your story is by getting feedback. Now, you need to go to someone that is qualified to give you feedback because because there are so many people out there that would love to give you feedback. Your mum would love to give you feedback. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> More regularly than I'd like, Sam. <laughs> but, but, but in most cases, my encouragement to everyone out there is that you need to realise that your, your story is your number one trump card. No one on the planet has your story. And when you can learn how to share that story in a really powerful way, you can make a massive amount of difference. And also, yes, you can make more money, have better relationships. So with my story, I have a 30-second version, a one-minute version, three-minute version, seven-minute version, 12-minute version, 20-minute version to my story. And every single one of those versions are polished, which means that your, your content, what you say, is the easy part. When you start looking at the submodalities of nonverbal intelligence, which is your methodology, how you say it, then and only then can you really grab people's attention for a longer period of time. And as an influencer, as a business owner, that's what we need to do. We need to hold people's attention for a longer period of time. And we can only do that when we learn how to share that story in a really powerful way. Because exactly what you're saying earlier on, Brad, with that framework here is that a good storyteller will will um, inform. And that's where a lot of education stops. Teachers have been taught how to inform their students, whereas a great storyteller will inspire. You know, and, and one thing I love about inspiration, you know, I go to the movies and I'm inspired by that. But inspiration does not necessarily lead to action, which then means, means there needs to be a shift. And the shift here is when we learn how to transform other people through story showing, we can then get them to take action, take out their wallet or, uh, or ultimately get them to change their behaviors or whatever it might be. And we can only do that through showing how our story is relevant to the listener. And we do that through our nonverbals, through our gestures, through our tonality, through our facial expression, through our eye contact. Um, and when we really start upgrading our skills in our nonverbals, it is amazing the difference that we can make as a business owner, as a leader, and as an influencer in tomorrow's world. Wow. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, can you... 
we're running out of time and, yeah. and we need to rip this, wrap this up soon. Can you take us through a couple of clients that have come into Speakers Institute mm. in your eyes as good storytellers mm. but has left as good story showers? Mm. There's a lady, her name is Pauline Ewan, and Pauline Ewan has now gone on to win the Telstra Businesswoman of the Year and she's actually now, I would quite easily say, in the top three of the most booked female speakers in the Southern Hemisphere. She's amazing. She's the one that came up with that term, unfuckwithable, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so Pauline, she, uh, she, she was basically a boat person from Vietnam and uh, and then she came here with her brother and they um, migrated here as initially illegal immigrants and then obviously then went on to become permanent residents. Uh, her brother then uh, opened up a restaurant there in Surrey Hills, which actually has now won international awards uh, there, which is called the uh, Red Lantern. But she then went on to become her own little entrepreneur as well. But when she came to us, she was more just getting up on stage and just telling her story, just purely from a, um, you know, from a, a auditory point of view, just telling the story, you know, just standard dialogue. But basically how we show the story is using gestures, using emotion. And your audience are a lot more small smarter than what you think, really smart. So they're going to feel exactly what you feel. So if you feel you're just going through the motions, that's what your audience will feel. If you feel like you're a fraud, that's what your audience will feel. But if you feel like you're going back to that place when you're sharing the story, your audience are going to feel that as well. Your audience are so intelligent. Don't ever discount the intelligence of your audience. And so she came in. She learned how to be a story shower. And then before you know it, she then got her very first paid speaking engagement, another one, another one, and then the rest was history. And it was beautiful. And then the second person is a guy by the name of Mark, Mark Bilton, who's actually now on our advisory board. Now, this guy here is a top-tier executive, so he's the ex-CEO of Gloria Jeans, you know, uh, 40 countries, you know, 20,000 staff, et cetera. So real top-tier. He tried to get back to that, back to a same CEO job when he left Gloria Jeans, but he didn't really find you know, that he had the heart for it anymore. So he decided to then to come and be trained by us. And I now love his new concept. He talks about stragile and it's about having a strategic mindset with uh, agility as well. So you're agile. So it's his terminology. He created a word which is called stragile. So he's written a couple of books on it, et cetera. Now he's the executive coach. But again, this guy here, he, he, is, an, he is an outstanding story shower. Like you get him up on stage and it's edge of the seat. You can hear a pin drop. And, you know, and get this, he's, a, he's an ordinary, normal bloke. Like he grew up in, um, uh, in the northern suburbs here of Sydney, hasn't really had any major drastic accident or major crisis or a major kiddos moment or anything like that. But the stories that he tells, which let's say can be down to the local supermarket and back, he can turn that into an edge of the seat thriller. And so for me, it's not about the story itself. It's how well you share that story. And he is an outstanding story shower. So when you learn the craft of story, you can hold people's attention for a longer period of time. You can influence them. And ultimately, you can make more of a difference in the world. So learn how to share your story better. How can people engage 
with Speakers Institute. Sam, what, what's your business model? Yeah, great. So we, we currently have our head office here in Sydney in Australia. So we do run events all over Australia and also New Zealand. So you can just simply go straight onto our website, speakersinstitute.com.au, and you can have a look at when we are in your local city. Uh, and other than that, if you if you ever find yourself in Singapore or alternatively anywhere in India, and then in 2019, we're launching in London as well. So again, my encouragement to everyone out there is you have a story and the world needs to hear that story. And I feel that your story is no longer yours to own, which means you've gone through your journey for a reason and a purpose to help other people get through um, theirs. So go out there, learn how to share your story, captivate their attention for a longer period of time, evoke that emotion, and you'll make more of a difference. Fantastic. So Sam, I've got quite a big audience in Europe. So if you are in Europe listening to this podcast and you're keen to become an early adopter of this training in Europe, then either send me a message and I'll put you in touch with Speakers Institute directly. Or how do people get in touch with Speakers Institute? Or yeah, well, one of the really best ways is just simply go into any social media and just type in Speakers Institute. We own, you know, that terminology on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, or on, um, on uh, you know, all the major social media sites. So just go straight on there. You can send us through a direct message, and we've got a great social media team that's managing all that. Fantastic. Well, Sam, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And I wish you and team, the team all the best in your next phase of growth. Thank you very much, Brad. It's been an honour to be on the show. Cheers.